Hello friends, how are you? How are you getting on? My name is Colin and this is the Sober Mess podcast and you're very welcome. Today I'm absolutely thrilled to be joined by my good pal Christine Higgins who is the founder of Spiritual Wellness Coaching as well as a yoga and Reiki master. She's also helped to, helped to set up and ran the full moon circle healing recently which raised nearly 4.5 thousand for mental health. But best of all, she's part of the Sea Dipping family. So Christine, I'm absolutely chuffed and delighted to have you on the podcast. So how are you? Uh, thank you Bill, for having me. I'm grand. I'm absolutely happy. Out. Um, yeah, just over the flu now the last week. Um, but other than that, uh, coming out the other side. So yeah, I'm top form now today. Unreal. So yeah, I thought about being happy out. For you, what is it to be happy today? Um, to be happy is no drama, no stress. Um, and just I've had done my meditation today. I've done my yoga today. I went brought the dog for a walk up Colony Hill. Um, I've also worked today. I've designed my yoga classes for this evening. And I just feel ever since just being productive day and just yeah, aligned. Just I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And we were having a quick chat before the podcast, you know, about like all the chaos that you're like uh, the chaos that we can have in our lives. And, you know, I was saying that it took me years to get used to living in peaceful environments. You know, I love peace today. But I remember when I grew up, there's just there's so much madness and just so much going on and so much stimulation that I was just used to that environment. And then when I got sober, just getting used to peace and quiet and not knowing that I didn't need to look over my shoulder anymore and getting used to sitting in that that peaceful, calm harmony, you know what I mean? And that took me years to get used to, just sitting in my own company, you know what I mean? That even when life was quiet and peaceful, that I'd be throwing grenades around looking for chaos, you know what I mean? Whereas today... I like my peace of mind is like a gift, you know, and I, I try and uh, I try and like nurture it and look after it and do it and save it at, at all costs. Like, it can be as rootless as I can when it comes to maintaining my peace of mind. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Like I've only in the last couple of years, like I'm 41, so I'm getting old, getting on with it. Um, but uh, it's been like the last three years, has been, to be honest with you, the most I've felt aligned with myself, uh, comfortable with my own skin, um, happy to spend time with myself, um, learned how to put boundaries up um, and actually stepped away from a lot of toxic relationships that I knew just weren't good for me. Um, like when I was growing up, uh, it, just, it just stems back from childhood. Like uh, my dad had schizophrenia and manic depression and we only really started noticing when I was about 12 years of age. So if you can imagine a quick scenario where my dad's literally consumed with his mental thoughts, his mental health. Mm. And he just, there was no love there. Do you know what I mean? And um, things he'd say or things to do, like, you know what I mean? They were just not good. So it wouldn't have been good for my self-esteem or my confidence or even just feeling loved. And then my mom, like I love her to bits. Um, she would have been a tendency to bury her head in the sand, not understanding what mental health was in the 1990s. You know what I mean? It was never talked about. And um, so you just were, as a child, a 12-year-old child, growing up as a teenager, just feel a bit abandoned. So mm. my what saved me was going outwards and looking for love and acceptance outwards, yeah. which would have been my friends. So when you're saying about, like, the chaos, you know, loving it, like being around friends, feeling you couldn't stay in on a Friday night because of the fear of, 
not missing or missing out. So when I was growing up, to me, it was out every, I, my mom and dad didn't know where I was half the time. It was yeah. always out. And uh, when I was, as I was getting older, like I would, well, we lived in a bungalow and I'd actually climb out my bedroom window and climb up onto the roof and sit on the, ch- on the chimney and look at the stars and the moon all night. Beautiful. Like I'd be like about 16, 17, like just sitting there talking to the universe, talking to the cosmos and just loving it. And that was where my peace was. Just doing that little special thing for me. But yeah, I'd be hanging out down, like doing all sorts um, during the day, late into night, all my friends, fear of God missing out on something, fear of God letting someone down. So I'd be out, like getting up to all sorts. Like now, 41, I'm like, it, it's really mad though. Peace. Yeah. Can... It's interesting that you were so young when you started to notice things like that, like the, the moon and, and the stars. And, you know, it was that, that like, like, like oh, you have a very similar story to yours. You know, you grew up in an alcoholic, like in a dysfunctional home. You know, dad was an alcoholic. My mom was a geographical mover. You know, my mom would have found refuge in the idea that the next home we move into will fix all the problems. And you know, so, so we moved around to a few different places. And uh, but what I found that as I got older, that 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 uncertainty and that I suppose that sense of dysfunction, I craved that as an adult because that was my natural environment. It's like you take a goldfish out of the water, he's going to be craving the water again. And it took I had to do a lot of work on myself to get used to again, as we were saying, getting used to that pace, that peaceful and functioning relationships because I was still craving that madness and that dysfunction in relationships. You know what I mean? And trying to fix people. And I heard someone say before, you know. Uh, it's just like you're, you're watching the same soap opera but you're just watching it on a different TV when you're getting the pattern of getting into that, to, to, those, to those relationships and I think the hardest thing and the bravest thing you'll ever do is to break a pattern that's no longer serving you you know yeah, um, that's it. yeah. and that's the hardest thing you'll ever do because I suppose you grow up with a sense, you talked about it, not getting a sense of love or feeling wanted or validated at home. So we go out and we look for it in, in people or, or friends or, you know, in, in gangs or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, when you were as a teenager, that I, I just, I knew I got liked and accepted by the gang of lads I was hanging around with. And that dictated my behaviour, you know, because I went and just to be liked and accepted. And I got into so much trouble with the guards and with my family and with teachers and with, just because I, so, I just wanted to be liked and accepted and fit in with everyone, like, you know what I mean? That was 100% my strategy growing up. Like, I failed me leaving, sir. Do you know what I mean? Like, because Puria went on the hop for the last two years of secondary school and um, because I was just out partying, like, all the time and just thought, this was where I'm supposed to be. This is my safety net, my friends, my pals. They've got me back. But like, as you grow a bit older, you realise they don't actually have your back. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, when you go through scenarios, but I'm interested when you're saying about cycles. Like, so I had my cycles growing up as a childhood, and I have four kids, and I had my younger or my eldest at 19. She's 21 now. And um, when I was growing up, through all this, I was still looking outwards for validation, for acceptance, and raising a, a child on my own for. Uh, Till she was, I was with the father. We stood up when she was about two and a half, and then it was on my own till she was about six. And within them times, like I was still looking for outward for validation for acceptance. And I felt then with my dad having his mental health issues, everything came up and caught me. A couple of years later, around my early thirties, I started my mental health started going, 
And I didn't realize that, but I was like literally burning candles about ends, being a mom, working full time. I was at, had my, my husband now, he was with me, but we were just always constantly outwards looking, running around, keeping up with the Joneses, to, you know what I mean? And it was just chaos. Mm. And I never forget, like I was pregnant on my fourth child and um, it, it was just the anxiety, panic attacks, the blood pressure was through the roof and the doctor was like, you have to go and get assessed for mental health um, at the top floor of Hollis Street because something's going to give. Mm. and I'd actually had my other business as well I had um face effects makeup supplies uh, special effects makeup um supplies company and that was just on the outside I looked like I had it all and my business was really successful and I was supplying to all the makeup skills in Ireland and actually places in Malta in England um but on the inside I was literally running on empty you know and it came crashing down and the fear of that cycle coming around of my mental health suffering and then seeing me, me children suffering mm-hmm. because I wasn't being the mom that was looking after herself. I wasn't the one putting me kids first. I wasn't the one that was like looking after myself and looking after my kids. I was on the outside, but in my mind, I wasn't. And so to break that cycle was like, I actually had a near death experience to break that cycle. It was my wake up call. It was the universe that I literally, I had to kick me in the arse and say, get a move on. You're not doing the work on yourself. Um, and you need to start looking inwards and seeing what needs to be fixed. Um, um, when I had Lillian, my four child, um, I went into labour and um, I hemorrhaged and lost over half of my body weight in blood. Yeah. And I woke up in ICU and uh, I had to have two blood transfusions. And like I just said to the nurse, like, I'm quite a play it down. It's a sort of a defence mechanism. If you really hurt me by your words, I'll just lap it off. But it will chip away inside. But um the doctor, the nurse like came in, she was like, you all right? It's like, yeah, Grant. I said, how bad was it? Like, you know, and she goes, Christina was touch and go, like, and I was like, oh shit. Like, you know, it was just, I just laughed. I laughed, like just going, no way. You know what I mean? That's mad. But it really did affect me. Like I, four days later after that ordeal, I had to go into my business and get back to the desk and start working again with my four day old baby in a Moses basket in the office. Um, and that's when I just sat there and looked at my baby and looked at the business and just went, no, this can't continue. Well, that's powerful. <laughs> and it, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's crazy when you look, when I look back at my rock bottom and my rock bottom today is probably the greatest thing that ever happened to me. It's probably my greatest gift. My struggle is my greatest gift. It's my attribute today because if I hadn't hit that rock bottom, if everything hadn't crashed, I wouldn't have done anything about it. You know, and you were talking about when you when things got stressful and you were at home, you would you went down and climbed up onto the roof and looked down at the moon and the stars. And it's like if you were never got that, like if you, you that level of I suppose feeling lost wasn't there in the first place, would you have ever climbed up on that roof and looked up at them stairs? And if that no. rock bottom wouldn't happen, would you have changed? Because I know pain is the only thing that will change me. I'm one of them people yeah. that I'll keep touching that stove and burning my hands, keep getting into the same toxic patterns and the same toxic relationships and the same toxic hobbies or hanging around with the same toxic friends until I, until I hurt myself enough to say, Roy, I deserve better than this. You know, I deserve change. And that's what it is when the pain of change, sorry, when the pain... I'm staying the same gets worse than the fear of change. That's when we change. 
you know, and I love that. And, and, and my rock bottom cracked me, boy. Like Leonard Cohen has that saying, you know, there's cracks in everything. And that's how the light gets in. And like that, it was Cousin Moy rock bottom, which sparked that, I suppose, that need for, for wanting to change and wanting to kind of say, right, I deserve to have boundaries in my life. I deserve to have a different way of living. Like, I, I deserve to, you know, like, I deserve to have, like, good things going on in my life, you know? And and that's what... Well, I, it, sorry? It all about Bella's dentist, you believing that you deserve love. Mm, yeah, that's it, exactly. And the problem is that I was getting my place of love from drinking drugs and madness mm. and because that's the like i didn't get it i didn't get it from i suppose a young age so you start to look for it externally you know what i mean you start to get that yeah. that power out of out of drink and out of drugs and out of, out of the fucking overtrainer or the workaholic or the, the food or the distraction that whatever you can find to give you a sense of love or a distraction and it's when you get to a place that Right, I don't feel good in myself. I don't feel like this this power source isn't working anymore. It's not sustainable. And you get introduced to a new sense of power. And I think it's going from that journey you make from your head to your heart and realizing that you're enough exactly how you are. You know what I mean? And uh, not no longer needing to extract it from external things that you can do it. You can become your own cheerleader and your own sense of love, like, you know? And I used to think like when people talk about loneliness, it was a lack of an intimate relationship. But what I know today, what loneliness and how you address loneliness is having authentic and meaningful connections in your life. You know, I remember being in Crow Park and feeling lonely. I remember being in relationships and being lonely and being surrounded by people. And it's not about the volume of people around you. It's about the quality of the people around you, you know? Yeah, 100%. Like, if you, like, when I, when my fourth child was born, it was 2015, 2013 my dad died but I hadn't seen him apart from a phone call here or there like since I was 12 and I didn't realize that that his death affected me as much as it did because I just went straight into work mode and thrown being chaotic and just filling the void filling any shadow that would was going to come up and take over I would either be drinking or I'd be working or I'd be you know outwardly just being productive but like, so he died in 2013. So that was two years of me living like this, born in the candles of OMs. Then 2015 was when I had the situation with Lil. But then I didn't realise that my daughter was a teenager. So she was literally, and I could see it was my shadow worker who was completely in my face when I, when the shit really hit the fan. Um, true, every breakdown is always a breakthrough. Mm. But uh, I was doing the same thing as what I was experiencing as a, as a child to my daughter. I wasn't paying attention to her. I wasn't giving her being there emotionally for her. It's quite hard to say it out loud, but I wasn't because I'm was so consumed in my heart from my childhood, so consumed from my dad dying, but not realizing, not going there, so consumed of being productive and just filling the void. And in the meantime, my eldest daughter was just getting lost and she wasn't being heard in the house. She was not being like, lo- like she was being loved. The, the, the day-to-day things was there, but as emotionally, support I wasn't there for like you know what I mean and it came up to about 2016 2017 I was so stressed and I didn't realize I was still reeling from the near-death experience as well so you can think about all this was like a literally a pressure cooker ready to explode and my daughter I literally me and her were in the kitchen and we had mortar it literally just explode and I'm not proud of this I hit her and 
I just, the minute I did it, I just stopped. I went, oh my God, I'm after doing what my dad did to me. My dad used to hit me. And I was like, and I just stood away and I said, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm after the cycle. It's after starting again. Mm-hmm. Like I did that cycle. And it was my wake up call. Like, you know what I mean? And me and my daughter now, we went down the road. Of, she moved in with her dad for a year and a half. We had to have space. And uh, that broke my heart. Like when she left the house, like I just crumbled. Um, I cried, I think, for like two weeks nonstop. I was at the doctor's getting anxiety tablets. Everything, like I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't stop crying. Like I was doing the shadow work. I was going to places inside of me that in my head, in my heart, like I can't even put into words how dark and deep it was because I was bringing up my childhood, my adulthood, everything that was literally just came up into a pressure cooker and I got slammed with it. So when I say the universe came up and kicked me in the face, it kicked me in the face. But in a way, though, like me and my daughter now we're back. We went through counselling together. We opened up. She's a very mature and amazing woman. Uh, she's 21. And she's so we've both forgiven each other in a sense where I had to forgive myself and she had to, she had to forgive me. Do you know what I mean? But we've come through a journey. And right now our relationship is just out of this world. Like we are two peas in a pod. But we both agree that if we hadn't had that argument and had been that low between ourselves, we don't know where our relationship would be. So like in a way it saved us mm. getting to that point. But it wasn't the probably the best way to be at a stage with your child. But there's a lot of parents out there, right? And there's no manual to being a parent. And mm. it's like that. You're actually living in a cycle of your childhood as you come into adulthood. And if you haven't done the work on yourself when you go into adulthood, it's going to show up again if you decide to be a parent again. You bring in certain aspects of your your parents' parenting style into your parenting style. So it's back to the cycle. If you can identify and pinpoint that cycle's coming back around again, and if you have that self-awareness to say, hold on a minute here, something's going on. The universe is showing me something here. I need to work on it myself. That's a level of self-awareness that is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's powerful. And, and it is that thing. There's no like, manuals that get sent around with the phone book and how to like how to deal with your emotions or how to have how, how, maintain a relationship, how to be a parent, how to have like emotional balance and, you know, how to kind of like resolve conflict or resolve trauma. Like usually when people find out about mental health, it's it's like the last stop on the train. It's usually when they, they really need it. Hitting you in the face. Yeah, or the same, the same with addiction. Like the only time people find out about that sort of stuff is when the fire alarm's already going off, like, and they need to take action. What what tell us a bit of your story, that transition you made, like from your old life to the, the life you have now into the Reiki and the stars and the moon healing and the yoga. Like what tell us a bit about that transition. So after so when I had uh, nearly had the near I keep I get real embarrassed and say near death experience, but like when the nurse says like no if if Philippa was, do you know what I mean? Mm. But I still feel like oh no, I still feel a bit like yeah, I had one of them, but sort of laugh about it a little bit as someone says to me it's it's not a mental breakdown it's a mental breakthrough yeah exactly (laughs) but um I then just sold my business and in that time was stressed still stressed I there was a yoga studio that opened up around the corner for me Mm. and uh, I've always been interested in yoga and always drawn to it and I said you know what I'm just gonna go to yoga so I went to one class a week 
and then I went two classes a week, then three classes, then four classes a week. I was in the elements because when when you're in a yoga class, like, and it's just chaos outside in your life, and you step into a yoga studio and you sit in your mat and you cross your legs, and you just come to a comfortable position, a seated position, and straighten your back and close down your eyes, and you listen to the yoga teacher, literally just helping you bring your awareness inwards, like slowing it all down and connect with your breath because. I'm not messing, right? If I can look back on all the times I'm stressed, and even today, going around to kids and all, when were you so consciously thinking of, have I breathed? Have I been breathing properly today? You know, like, when have you stopped and said, oh, you're actually done a real big deep belly breath today? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because you don't, you're like, <laughs> like, you know, you're yeah. running around. Just forget what's happening on the inside because you're externally outside focused, you know? Yeah. So when you're in a yoga class, you're literally... You have no choice to bring your attention inwards and check in and see what's actually happening in your body. Yeah. You know, are you stressed? Oh my God, I'm actually this tight across my shoulders here. I must be holding on a lot of stress here. Oh my God, my jaw is finally unclenched. Yeah. I must have my jaw clenched all day. You know, and it's that sense. That's why I love about my yoga class that I do now. It's like the first 10 minutes, it's grounding and it's like, what's going on with your body? Have a explore around, see, see what's going on. Are you relaxed? What mm. can we do to relax our little, like every cell in our body? Um, and then I was mad into the yoga and I wanted to do the yoga, the yoga teacher training course then. But there was still work to do. Um, I was still hanging around with people that just weren't good for me. There was a bit of, bit of toxicity and I was afraid. I remember saying to the girl, I said, oh, I think I want to be a yoga teacher. And they laughed at me. And I was just like, oh, OK. And they said, well, Christine, your first business, business didn't go well, did it? And I was like, well, no, it did. I managed to sell it. I was just stressed out the bits while mm. bloody doing it. I'm like, what, but that what, knocked me confidence. What did you do to kind of branch away from like people that you felt weren't kind of serving you or empowering you? Uh, it happened when the pandemic hit. I'm not messing. Like it was literally uh, the best thing that happened to me to be able to just say, sorry, I can't go out to say no. Because I am a people pleaser. I am a natural people pleaser. I'm, a, I'm a constantly afraid of judgment being judged because it stems back to my childhood, my dad being a bit do Lally out in the road, you'd be like, oh, he, there are people that are judging us, sir. Oh my God, Scarlett. Like, I'd be mortified with my dad outside. Do you know what I mean? So it goes back to that childhood trauma of being judged. And like, I'm not messing. Every time I'm starting, like I, my stress levels start going up a little bit at every full moon healing circle event because I'm standing out into my power, but I'm fighting the fear of God of people judging me. I'm fighting the fear of God of actually public speaking. Um, I can speak no better to one on one, but if you get me, like if I'm speaking out on the stage, my knees are rattling, my throat's gone, my voice is all, my mouth is all dry, and I'm just I'm rattling. Mm. But it's like the fear is the the want to do the full moon and the healing circles is stronger than the fear, and that. that's where I I push through it. Yeah. I love that and I, I can identify so much with that you know like, like that the people please or please God just accept me I wear all these different masks just so I fit in and just so I'm liked and accepted and it's exhausting it's exhausting oh, trying to always never. play the character <laughs> to be liked you know but and it's it's gas you say that about the full moon healing because I've been to a few of them event, events and I see you and just how you master the crowd and the energy and the ambience that you give out, you know, and it's absolutely incredible, you know. And I remember going to the first one and, and seeing you and Jen there and I didn't know what to expect. And I remember leaving that going, Wow, you know, it just it made me so <laughs> proud to be sober and to be part of something so beautiful and just 
the energy, the energy that came in that event was absolutely incredible. You know, doing the doing the breath work, doing the healing, doing the chants, doing the the chanting, and then the celebrating, and then getting into the sea, and then just being like, "Wow, what just happened?" Like, you know, that was I absolutely know. incredible. It's great, isn't it? <laughs> it was such an amazing experience. Yeah, like I did. Um like obviously lockdown so I learned yoga teach training like just at the start just before the pandemic hit I, I plucked up the courage to say I'm doing the yoga teach training and I started it and so I did it for the first half of the pandemic and then again though I was fighting the fear because I was like right I'm going to do a zoom I'm going to launch me first like you know uh, I did it actually Instagram live my first yoga class right the fear of God. Because I couldn't see anyone on the, on the camera. On the camera, I couldn't. Didn't know who was watching me, and the fear of God of everybody around the area that would still be friends with on Instagram were watching me, and I'm like, they're sitting there judging me. And like, I swear to God, I would pick a time. I was about to press go live. I mean, knees were gone. I was actually like, I, my whole body was rattling because I was like just fighting through it. And I just said, Christine, if you don't do it now. You're never going to do it. You're never going to push through that fear. And you just have to do it. And I literally just pressed the button. And I was like, hello, blah, 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 welcome. The mail was like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but like, I literally just had it, like held it together for, I think it was a half an hour class. But like, it was only in yoga. So it wasn't a strenuous yoga class. Do you know what I mean? These are holding poses for like four to five minutes. But like, when it was over, I actually felt like I had to go lie down because the adrenaline just literally went whoop, top notch and then straight down crash. And I was lying in the bed after going, oh my God. And I was like looking at Instagram going, right, is anyone like telling me I'm a tick or like, do you know what I mean? Who do you think are you tick? You know what I mean? Lucky enough, no one did. But uh, that wasn't fair. <laughs> That's incredible. And like, what do you think it was that like made you overcome that fear? Because so many people are faced with that fear. And they don't press life. They walk away and they say, no, I can't. What will, what will Mary down the road think? Or what will they think? Or they're so afraid to overcome that fear. What do you think it was that made you push through that fear? Because nothing will change. Because if you don't push through that fear, nothing will change. So either you're just going to stay in this keeping dull in your life and just feeling never... 100% happy with yourself or feeling like you're being productive or achieving stuff if you don't push past that fear nothing's going to change you're still going to feel like this so yeah it's absolutely scary as hell but if you just do it then you can say I did it like the sense like even though I crashed after like but the sense of relief and the sense of oh my god I actually stepped into my power like I actually shone there is um, the most amazing and uplifting feeling you'll ever experience after mm-hmm. do you know what I mean but like nothing will change if you don't take that first step and I would rather put myself out there let people talk about me um judge me and then but say I tried I did more than what you would have done do you know what I mean and I'm not an up your own arse feeling or anything like that not at all but at least I've tried and I've done something and I might help someone like the, the want for me is I always wake up every day and go, how can I serve others? Because that's what I want to do. And that's my coming from my core, my authentic self. Is I like to help people. I like to be able to talk to people about um, if they can come to me, 
I say there's no judgment, you know, in any of me coaching or even the old classes or even the Reiki healing. Like some people just pour their hearts out to me. I'm saying this space is the confidential little space. Anything you say here won't go outside these four walls. And when they open up to me and they tell me their darkest, deepest secrets and they, I can, they can relate to me. To me, I am doing the best job ever. That's me serving others. And that's what I'm put on this planet to do is to help people open up to help people understand that we're all connected to mother nature. We're connected to universe. Like there is a thing of such thing as manifestation, law of attraction. It's there. It's real. If you really just start opening your eyes and believing in it. That's powerful. Like you said so much there. And, you know, first of all, you're saying about leaning into that fear that nothing will change. And see, the thing is the change for any change, change for the better is always accompanied by discomfort. You know, it comes hand in hand to getting used to that sense of discomfort, no matter what's going on, being able to kind of just know that, um, you know, there's a sense of discomfort coming along, like, you know, and I found that when, you know, when you lean into that change, no, there's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone. And today, when I feel that sense of com- discomfort and fear, I'm saying to myself, we're a worthy opponent. And that's what it is. It's a worthy opponent because I know that my part of my ego wants to stay in that comfort zone and doesn't want to doesn't want to change. And then when I know when I lean into the things or getting into the sea or doing the meditation in the morning or going for that run or the things that usually my head or my ego doesn't want me to do are usually the things that will benefit me the most. And learning to lean into that fear and realising that fear is, is it's only an emotion, you know. And I heard an abbreviation for fear is fuck everything and run or face everything and rise. And then if you can face yeah. everything and rise, you know, the, the, the things you can do are absolutely incredible. And I love what you said about helping people as well. And I, I, I don't know if you ever heard that St. Francis prayer. And it's, when I, I came into recovery early, I suppose one of the people uh, always said to me to read that prayer every day. And it's essentially saying, put others in front of your own needs. And that's how you get well. That's how you escape that race in mind. Is to how how can I how can I benefit someone? How can I be a service today? How can I help someone today? Somehow, anyway, at all. And what I love as well is that the experiences that you had in the past as well gives you an advantage to connect with someone at a deeper level because you've walked that path. You know what it's like to be in the struggle, but you also know what it's like to be in the peace. And you've walked that path and being able to use your experience to strike up a rapport with someone on a deeper level level that you can't learn through academia. You can't learn through intellectualizing. You can only learn through walking that struggle and having that life experience and then transcending that into a sense of wisdom and like transcending your wounds into wisdom and letting your scars be your attributes. And that's what I love about people that I meet on this journey. You know, some of the, you know, people that came from the most, I suppose, violent backgrounds went on to be the most gentlest people or people that came from very poor backgrounds went on to be the most generous people and, you know, people just being able to use their struggle from the past as a tool to connect and help people today, like, you know. 100%, like, sometimes I just walk down to the shop and, you know, the way you see, like, older generation and, you know, years ago, they were like, they'd say, oh, everyone with no neighbours and all that. But like a lot of people don't, we're not like, we're not like we used to be. The community is not the same as it used to be. So I'm always walking down the road and I am probably that weirdo that just says hello to everyone. Do you know what I mean? Or smile, just even yeah. a smile. Like 
a smile could mean a million things for a person like and there's other always holding out the door for people like you know or someone's struggling a mother struggling with a book of pram open the door you know what i mean it's it's more about slowing down and being aware of your surroundings and everyone that's in your area like mm. and just saying oh does that person need a hand or do you know what i mean like because i think just before the pandemic hit i think we were so consumed with ourselves we were running on empty everyone was stressed out everyone was just freaking out I felt that I felt the energy of the whole world was just on a stress level that I've never experienced in my life and I wouldn't mind and I'm not just saying this I was speaking to a friend before the pandemic hit and I said you know I feel like something's gonna blow I feel like the universe is gonna blow because everyone is just open themselves just tack attack you know and just running an empty and then when the pandemic hit, like, I remember my friend rang me, like, and she goes, saying, I think you're right. I said, well, I didn't wish this. Like, mm, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But when everyone stopped, like, when everyone, the whole world stopped for them two weeks, say, because I know it was only going to be two weeks. But, like, everyone just went into sense of inward and checked and really eval- re-evaluated their lives and what they wanted and what they valued and what people were good for them. And in a way, it helped a lot of people to sort of say, right, I need to filter out people that don't have the best interests or do you know what I mean and in that sense then people started really looking inwards and really looking at like their health and looking at wellness and that's why the see swimming community just literally exploded like yeah. I used to see swimming before the pandemic hit but it wasn't meeting people down there but when the pandemic hit Jesus the whole gangs you know what I mean yeah it's great <laughs> yeah I love it yeah, I was down there today and and down at the sea point and it was freezing but just the crack and the band that you have with people down there, it's beautiful. Yeah. And and like that, you know, like we were talking about where getting comfortable sitting in your own skin. Like I heard someone say recently, you know, stillness is an endangered species, that we never sit still anymore. We're, yeah. sitting, we're living in a culture and a society where we're kind of conditioned to go a million miles an hour. to just go, 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 go. You know, and never stop and never rest and never sit with yourself. Just keep going. And then when you're exhausted, look for that quick hit gratification, be it to reach for the drink or the cake or the, you know, whatever it is to just distract you from that sense of disconnection or that exhaustion, you know, just the quick hit gratification. And, you know, the people, I think you said it with the lockdown, people had to start to sit with themselves. And I think that's where you had to start. People struggled so much with a lockdown was that they were so used to living a million miles an hour. Now all of a sudden they have to sit with themselves and, and getting to know themselves, you know, and like that, getting to know, going, Jesus, was that tree always in my front garden? Or were them stars always yeah. in the sky? Or was that, Jesus, was that sea always there? You know, and, and, and starting to just be still and notice stuff. And, and you talked about, you know, sitting with your feelings and sitting with the emotions, you know, breathing, you know, doing the yoga and, and, le- and learning to breathe and learning to sit with your emotions and when I when I start to sit with myself and sit with my emotions and not always believe my thoughts you know that's when I found I started to gain great peace and that's when I started to enjoy my own company when I learned to sit with myself and just know that all the thoughts that go through your head it's not gospel truth you know it's not you know we all have that race in mind and learning to kind of just disconnect from that mind and just be in the present moment like you know but it took me years to get used to that it took me years to to practice that to practice hanging out with Colin like, yeah. you know well it's funny like so just before the pandemic hit as well I was in a toxic sort of uh, relationship with a couple of girls and I uh, I, I, I my mean, anxiety was gone through the roof and, and I was getting panic attacks and all just because it was just getting nasty do you know what I mean and 
I didn't know how to get away from it and I just felt trapped and I ended up going and seeing a counsellor and a, or a therapist and, and we were going, we were chatting away or whatever and, and I remember he was like, just leave the WhatsApp group. I was like, no, I can't leave the WhatsApp group. Like this is, that's the main thing. Like, And I found that very hard to do, but I did and I just said to the girls and, and I just said, look, I'm really suffering with mental health right now. I'm having panic attacks. I'm seeing a counsellor. I just need to just step away for a bit, right? Few of them, absolutely fine have all the time you need Chris and I'm going that's great there they've got me back one or two were just they took that as it is themselves and the rejection I got from them and so when the pandemic hit and everyone was inwards I had to go to places again in my mind I had to go and do my shadow work and that because I got rejected I fell out with someone and I was being judged and they were all the main childhood trigger, triggers that I had and like when you're saying like, you know, we have to sit with ourselves, we have to look inwards. Yeah, we have to look inwards. Like a lot of us, we have a light and a shadow, all of us do, right? And we wear masks every day. But we always only really show most people our light side. But we never show them our shadow side because we repress it. We keep it down. But every now and again, we get triggered, our shadow side comes up and, and bites us in the arse. And that's when you're like literally floored by panic attacks. Your whole body's just going into shock going, what the hell's going on? You know? And like, I always say I'm really interested in the shadow work. Like, if you don't shine a light on your shadow, it's just constantly always going to be in the background. It's constantly going to come up. It's constantly going to be a cycle every time through your life of like it coming up again and again and again. If you don't actually stand there and turn that light onto your shadow and see what is going on, why are you being triggered? Why are you getting anxiety, anxiety attacks? And if you just sit with that and bring your attention inwards, and just shine a light on that shadow side and say, right, well, why do I behave like this? You know, and I guarantee it'll stem back to your childhood of something doing, somebody after doing something to you or whatever. Like, but if the only way to get past that is to shine light on the shadow work and look at it and go, validate it and go, yeah, that did happen to me. Yeah, but I've learned from that. I have to move on. So I have to forgive myself and have to forgive that person. And once you forget to do that, work on yourself then that shadow's gone you're not giving it anymore you're, you're not giving it any more attraction you're not repressing it do you know what i mean that's that's powerful and so it is like a cycle i love that and it's fascinating with the shadow self like tell us more about like that the shadow and like what like for someone that's like struggling to let go i suppose of that past or some trauma that happened in the past like what like what can they do and how can they as you said learn to forgive forgive themselves and forgive with that and, and make peace with the past like I'm not messing that was my like that's what I struggled with I, I struggled to forgive the past like do you know what I mean so when I fell out with that group like I'm not messing the first three or four months of when we were in lockdown I could not think of anything else except for that situation I couldn't get it on my head I'd be dealing with the kids but in the my mind the monkey mind would be gone fire like you know what I mean I would be okay going to sleep because I'd be exhausted mentally because it's constantly running around my mind, my monkey mind. But I'd wake up at two or three in the morning and I'd be like, ping, you know what I mean? I was like, what's going on? And then next minute the thoughts would come back in. And it was all like, you're a shit friend. You did do the right thing. Reach out to them, make friends again. You need them in your life. You need, like all this is coming to my head. But I was just like, now hold on. Like what, there's a reason why I was getting triggered. So I just started to like really connect with myself to my breath and movement with yoga and I would sit and meditate and I would just sit and feel like 
the hurt and the thoughts coming up. And I would sit with them and go, do I know that to be real? Is that the reality? Is that going to happen? Do I really know that to be true? And when you can answer to yourself, going, no, that's not true. That's just your mind playing mm. tricks with you. Like you, you have to stop and you have to separate yourself from your thoughts. Your thoughts are not you. Mm. Unfortunately, these thoughts, if you look at them, you, if you take yourself, you are the universe. The universe is inside you. It's your heart. You listen to your heart as your gut feeling. It all comes from your heart. Your head is completely like, it, I would say it's the trick, that, like it's the joker. Do you know what I mean? It's the one that tries to pull you back by thoughts. It's the one that like you're you're about to fight through the fear and next minute there's a little voice going, saying, you're shit, they're going to judge you. You're going to do this. And you're like, no, but my heart is saying, do it because this is what you're meant to do. Do it. And that's what makes you push that button and record. So you have to stop and separate yourself from your thoughts and go, no, I, you're not stopping me achieving my full potential. You're not stopping me doing my life. This is separate from what's going on in my heart. And if you can feel that gut, that feeling like of this is where you're meant to be, this is where I'm supposed to shine, then you're literally already winning in the shadow work. Do you know that sort of way? I love that. That's powerful. And it's so true on it, like, like CBT, they talk about, you know, separating you from your thinking that you're not your thoughts. And, you know, I get that regularly. I get taught in my head to just to say, oh, I'm not good enough, you know, just yeah. whatever, whatever. Like from a young kid, I had that feeling that I just felt less than, you know, on the football team, out in the yard, at the family table, in jobs and relationships. I just felt less than. And that was like a, a narrative that I had in my head, you know what I mean? And then when I got to a place where like, I found out that I didn't actually have to listen to my thoughts and notice the difference between my thoughts, you know, that's when I felt I started to get a lot of peace. And the other thing with my past as well, you know, if a couple of years ago you would ask me about my childhood, I'd tell you I had a really tough childhood. If you ask me today about my childhood, I'd tell you I had a brilliant childhood, an amazing childhood. And what that was... Was that I'm able to look back on my past now with a bit of compassion and realise that my parents done the best they could with what they knew and what they had. And they came from a place of love, you know. And the other thing as well, I, I look at like the childhood I had that it served me a lot. The, the tools that I developed, you know, I was in a lot of different schools as a kid. So, you know, I learned, I got really good at emotional intelligence. I got really good at chatting and talking and you know, being able to kind of morph into all these different characters. I remember when we moved down to Wexford first and everyone was slagging me for being a dub and oh, I bet you fucking you rob cars and you do heroin like and I'm like I'm only 10 years old, you know, and they'd all really be bullying me and all and uh, you know, then I got back up to Dublin and then all my friends there would be slagging me, oh, you're firm or you're culty and all, you know, because <laughs> I lived in Wexford and, you know, so mm-hmm. I just got, I got really good at just morphing into different, te- different situations and that and, and, and and it kind of opened my eyes to, you know, be, be, like, I suppose being able to connect with people and talk to people and get so interested in people and culture and nature and the world and just know that, like, the world is such a big place. And I, got, I have a big love of travelling as well and, you know, getting to know people and the natural things in life, you know, like the sea or swimming or hiking, meditation, breathwork, you know, um, connecting with the stars, connecting with the moon, you know. But I wouldn't have all these interests if it wasn't for my past. And again, it's coming back to if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And if you change the way you look at your past, you realize, well, actually, maybe it, did, maybe it wasn't easy. Maybe it was a struggle and quite painful at the time. 
but I've I've grown from that and I've morphed into I suppose I've morphed into a, a better version of myself because of that struggle that I went through in the past, you know. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I actually say, I would never change a thing in, in my past because everything that I've been through, it's been like another stepping stone to fulfill the life that I'm fulfilling. Do you know mm. what I mean? And stepping into me power as well. Like for me to, the, the one thing is like you know when, when I do the full moon healing circles, like you know I'm I'm, I'm putting this, I'm giving, providing the space for everyone to connect with themselves, with the people that attend. Um, with the moon and the and the universe um but when I look at that like I just feel so and I get into it go into a little bit of a shock thing at the end because I just number one can't believe the amount of people but number two it's like I've come home and like the journey from when I was born to coming all the way up to where I am now standing on that beach I feel so much gratitude right there and then for not just like the event going well but it goes deeper than that it's gratitude of my life it's gratitude of the life I had with my dad growing up gratitude with my parents gratitude with like my cycle of like my kids learning every day like of how to be a better person but ultimately just learning to be my authentic self because it's only in the last three years that I've been my authentic self mm-hmm. I've actually I don't I'm not afraid to be judged anymore. I'm just, I'm just down for it because, not like I said, nothing never changes if you don't go for it. I love that. Yeah, that that's powerful. And like, tell us, tell us a bit. What made you get like? What made you come up with the idea of doing the full meal healing and getting like, getting like that? What like it's it, like it started off as a small thing and now it's like now it's nearly kind of famous across it's Ireland. Seven hundred people. Uh, yeah, seven hundred <laughs> people. Like what? Like tell us how how did that seed like flourish into what it is today so like i started doing the yoga classes when the when we could got out of the lockdown like to me and i am i'm going i just started doing climb beach like i don't slip don't throw away from me and uh, i just started going down and every saturday and sunday i would do the yoga on the beach and then like i think it was it was always in the back of my mind anyone who was talking to me little city family like on, I have this idea, like I have this idea, and they'd be like, Go for it, go for it. And I was like, No, no, and again, the cycle of no people that judge me, no one will turn up. Oh, they'll all think I'm on your rocker, you know what I mean? And uh, so I was like, But it was always there, like it was always there, you know. And every every full moon and every new moon, I'd be like standing in my front garden, my neighbors think I'm absolutely nuts, drinking a cup of cacao, having each crystals out, getting recharged with a full moon. And I was sitting there looking at that moon, going, like, Again like back to when I was 12, 13 years of age, climbing up onto the roof, looking at the same moon, do you know what I mean? And just like, well, I won't do, like, I know the power of this moon, like I connect with you so well. I want other people to connect and to believe and like to see that, like there's a rebirth, there's a chance of new beginnings. Every time there's a new moon, there's a chance to release all those emotions that have been holding you back every full moon. Do you know what I mean? Every moon, every cycle of a moon, it, it represents something different. And uh, I just... I just said to the girls, I just said, girls, I'm just going to do it. And then I finished, I done my Reiki healing training, like I'm a Reiki master, level master, and a master three, Le- Reiki master level three. And I just, the sense of like, you know, I'm not a magician, I'm not a voodoo person, but the, what the experiences I've had healing through Reiki have been absolutely out of this world, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
the experience that you get when your clients come to you and they float out of your treatment room you're just like oh my god did I do that because I'm not I'm like I'm not a voodoo person I'm not magic I, I'm a channeler it's I the the channel the universal energy through me into the person but it's not me actually healing someone do you know what I mean and there's just a bit of a misconception there about Reiki healing like we're not just these mad spiritual people that like are perfect and you know we're healing people left right and center and we're like splitting like rivers apart waters <laughs> apart. you know what I mean we're not doing any of that like you know I heard I got my money <laughs> back I thought you're gonna do a, a spell on me Sabrina the teenage witch <laughs> exactly but no you know it's not that at all but it's given that space for someone that is so much such turmoil in their lives and channeling the universal uh, energy and healing powers into that into the person's body and through the chakra balance and um so when i started like design thinking about full moon healing circle i said it has to be bigger than just yoga and a sea swim do you know what i mean and and i was like i want really people to open up and understand what reiki healing is and the power of it Mm. and what better way to do, that's why it's called a healing circle, you know what I mean? Because it's all of us coming together and connecting together. Yeah. And like I start the Reiki healing at like that morning because I have a box. So I always ask everyone to leave their name under the post that I post up on my, on my uh, Instagram page. And I have to, right, every morning. And the, the list is getting bigger and bigger. I'm using the Google form next time, right? Because this is getting ridiculous. I'm copying and pasting all the names into a spreadsheet. And then I have to cut up all the pieces of paper and put them in my Reiki box. And like, I'm not messing. It took me about two hours to do it last time because it was about 700 names. Jesus. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm doing a Google form. They can do it in my link. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Too yeah. much. But I start with the box then. I do my little ritual. I call in all my spirit gods, guys. Um, I call in my dad as well into the into the space as well because um, I strongly believe he's the protector now. Because he wasn't a father to me when he was alive, but... He's moving mountains for me up in that spirit world. I, I 100% believe it. That's, that's powerful. And um, then um, I start the Reiki healing from that morning. And it literally goes through the day. I'm constantly cha- channeling Reiki to that box. I bring that box to the beach. I, I do a blessing of the box on the beach. And then I open up the ceremony. And that's what the energy comes from. Like you spoke about the energy that was just out of this world. That's the, ener- the Reiki healing energy. But- like it's... It is, it's powerful and you were saying about like the Reiki and the yoga and how that came about but uh, like it seems like you've always had a dr- like you were that was always part of your destiny because being that young and being so like aware of the stars and the moon and then kind of always having that connection there although we we go down these side tracks and kind of get distracted at times we always have that connection there and I felt that I always felt like I had a deeper connection regardless of what route I was taking in life I always felt I had some deeper connection and it's just a detour to go to where we always were meant to be and you know it, it, it's fascinating to hear like how you manifested the life and the purpose that you have today and trying to help people and you know get, trying to use that that energy you know you know you were saying the time it took you to cut up uh, that bit of paper and say and, and like uh, send healing out all them names I say you felt amazing after that and just that think of other people putting other people before you but like what do you um like what where where do you see yourself going like in the, like where what's your like what's your plan over the next few years and how do you want to grow, make this grow from where it's at now? Um, well, I would definitely tell you my deeper secrets then, wouldn't I? <laughs> 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 uh, no. Um, 
So where I would see it, um, I think the full moon event is here to stay. Um, I just think the, the healing and, and the energy people get from it is just the look of they're actually living for it every month. You know what mm. I mean? Um, I've actually recently just launched the new moon event. It's attitude, um, learn the attitude of gratitude. Um, I'm actually doing my first one on Sunday. Um, and uh, that's all about like changing people's mindset about like, you know, law of attraction and manifesting what their heart truly desires, but also meditating on what the, what is going to come up within their hearts, what really is coming up, what they want. Because we all want the big cars to win the lotto, blah, blah, blah. But like, that's not going to really happen until, because it might not be your true heart's desire. So when you really turn your awareness inwards, you will, it will come up eventually what really you want. And when, to, when you start manifesting on the new moon, there be powerful stuff, you know what I mean? Um, so that's, I'll be doing that. So that's every two weeks, new moon, full moon. And then um, ultimately, I know one of the spiritual wellness, like I actually looked in the calendar today because I was like, there should be the first year anniversary coming up for spiritual wellness now at this stage. And it actually is on the 18th of December, which is the next full moon event. Like, wow. I was like, that's mad. That's powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, the last year. That's mad, <laughs> and, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's crazy. And even like, if you were to compare yourself to like who you were a year ago and like everything that's like changed in a space for years, it's it's mad, isn't it? Uh, it's just nuts. Like, it's, like it was me launching on Instagram, personal Instagram, spiritual wellness. I chickened out twice. And then I just said, I'm putting the 18th December in the diary and that is the date. No going back. I'm pushing through that fear yet again and I'm going to go straight for it. And I did. And I, like, at the start of the year, this year, I had, um, I have a, I did a manifestation vision board, right? And I was like, what do we want? So I want family holiday, which I'm hopefully going to go on now uh, very soon. And I want, I said, 2,000 followers on Instagram. I just wanted to tell, a goal of 2,000 followers. Mm. And... I looked there today, I was like, oh my God, I'm nearly at 4,500. So to come over to the other side and even actually over exceed the goals that I had, the other goal was Reiki healing. The other goal was doing, getting my own yoga studio. The other goal was getting a yoga, a yoga community going on the beach. Like I literally have like on my vision board, the beach, the yoga, like everything has come true. And it's just down to manifestation and it's really just putting down goals and aligning your 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 mindset towards them goals they're not just going to fall into your lap and there's also a lot of hard work behind it so in terms of going forward for next year i do have this dream i've opened up a wellness center um in delivery and wow. um that is my dream and i'm aligning in the back in the scenes in the background um i still work full-time to believe it or not um and i'm hoping to leave that job and open up the wellness center and uh, go full throttle spiritual what, wellness. What would you call the wellness center? Spiritual wellness. I love it. That's powerful. So <laughs> just before we finish up, my last question to you is: What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Never let anyone dull your sparkle. I love that. I love and that. I was told that by a mean from this world please never change and never let anyone dull your sparkle so that's exactly what i'm doing i'm finally doing what my dad told me to do that's powerful yeah i love that i remember hearing this analogy about the uh about the candle that no matter what's going on in life you know just keep shining you know if you a candle will light up a mansion or light up a cave 
you know, it'll like, never get so bright that it burns out and it never gets so dim that it goes out and it's just consistently sparkling and it's consistently shining and just always trying to live life like a candle, be resilient, be consistent and just keep shining. Yeah, 100%. And also, if you're a beacon of light, you attract light as well. Yeah. You attract your tribe, you attract all everything that your heart desires. I love that. Yeah, yeah. You attract, yeah, I suppose, whatever you put put time into will grow. Like, you know, if you put time into yourself, you'll grow. If you put, I suppose, time into the, all the negative stuff that will that will manifest in your life too. Like, so just uh, try, try and stay in the, I suppose, the PMC, the Positive Mindset Club. Yeah, hundred percent. And also, it's just feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's it. That's what correct courage is. Is that no? Even when we don't feel like doing something, and even if we're riddled with fear and anxiety, and we're rattling with, with like self doubt, it's to still do the thing, whatever the thing may be. Lean into it, and that's how we get brave. You know, like I thought, like confidence and you know courage and and you know you know having this self belief comes, and then I do the thing. But I found out in time that the thing, you do the thing along with self-doubt. You do it with a lack of self-confidence. You do it rattling with fear. And that's how you grow. You, lead, you do the thing along with all them emotions and them feelings of not being good enough. And that's how you, you grow your self-esteem. That's how you grow your confidence is lean into the things in life that frighten you. Yeah, 100%. Like it is, you know, and that little voice saying, no, you're not good enough. They're your thoughts. They are not you. Powerful. Powerful. I love it, Christine. Okay, so if anyone wants to get in, in touch with you or in touch with what you're doing or now more, have more information, like what, how can they find you? Uh, me on Instagram, spiritual underscore wellness underscore X. <laughs> That's my Instagram. Or it's spiritual well, spiritualwellnessandcoaching.com. Um, I have a website as well. Uh, yeah, you can get me there. Sweet, sweet. Roy, Christine, it's been absolutely powerful listening to you and I can't wait for the next full meal let yeah the, here we let, go thanks Emil well. thanks Emil Christine <laughs> yeah bye recording stopped thanks for that Christine that was powerful